What's up? I lied to you guys. You thought I was telling you the truth? You thought we were going to watch Promare? I was just keeping you on your toes. You I thought, thought I was serious? Sure. Anyway, hello everybody and welcome to another episode of So Did You Like It? Film podcast to go with the thousands and thousands of other film podcasts where we're not going to be critics. We're not going to throw numbers at you. We're just going to ask at the end of the movie. So did you like it? I am Sir Square and I'm joined as always with my co-host. And I'm sick today. I mean, I'm Lord of the Bloom, cuz. <laughs> and in a sudden betrayal of y'all's trust, we watched this week The Spine of Night, uh, written and directed by Philip Gallet and Morgan Galen King. This is a rotoscope dark fantasy film, which is a series of... Uh, the story is like a series of vignettes explain the passage of a terrible plant called the bloom and the fall of the world behind uh, around it due to what its capabilities are it was a surprise this week to choose this movie uh our pens kind of fell through with what we were originally going to do so we took a risk and picked a movie that both kaz and i had never seen we knew nothing about this movie we watched the trailer together at work and just decided last minute let's do it and i have never been so happy a gamble has paid off than i am this week i wasn't even gonna admit that our plans fell through i was just gonna be like yeah anime psh, the fad is over nobody cares no money in anime <laughs> western animation is on the rise that's where the big tickets at you say that but i'm over here just like man do i really just need to go explore a lot of like rotoscope film right now because this movie <laughs> wow oh my gosh where do we even the movie was surprisingly rad like where do we even begin with this movie the, the, the begin is the big fear that we had the reason why we were like uh neither one of us has seen this we could either end up with like a hidden gem or this could be another King Arthur situation. <laughs> and I was really scared of another King Arthur situation. I didn't want to do that to myself again. <laughs> but I have to say, I am obsessed with everything about this movie. Like, from the start to the end, I knew from the moment the credits rolled when we were done Wednesday night that I was going to have to watch this movie again, and I did. I watched it last night without a problem, and time still just flew as I was just absorbing this world because it's incredible that just in an hour and a half, they build a world so well to where you, you kind of understand the rise and fall of it within this small amount of time. Yeah, yeah, there's a bit of time jumping around, <clears throat> and uh, not so much, well, yeah, I guess it's sort of flashbacks, but it kind of encompasses the uh, adventure that this bloom goes on, at least more thoroughly, the adventure the bloom goes on when it lands in the hands of the witch woman, the swamp witch. Uh, yeah, Zod, the swamp witch of uh, Balsta, I think the name is called. Uh, that's what the swamp's mm -hmm. name is. I have to say I love the design of the bloom. Like, the whole, like... So, uh, Zod wears this like ceremonial like she wears like these bones around her 
shoulder and like over her head and then just like a kind of just like a shawl like a sh- or like just like a shoulder i don't know what would you call it a poncho shawl seems <laughs> shawl or a kind of a, a cl- not really a cloak it's not big enough to be a cloak but like yeah shawl or some kind of like mini cape of these bright of the bloom bright blue petals of flower from like this flower it just seems to be like woven around her that you can see she does like all this weird like fire magic with where you're seeing like the eyes of the swamp that like turn into a skull that is staring straight back at you and it's only been 10 minutes and you question how many drugs you've taken and then you remembered you haven't taken any this movie has already just grasped your attention that well <laughs> you just you look over on the counter and you see wait those are my drugs right there <laughs> then what am i <laughs> you're on this movie son <laughs> anyway i have to say I have not uh, taken the drugs the drugs have taken me <laughs> what was the ritual she was trying to do that one with her tribe before they got viciously murdered. I think it was just like a ceremonial, like worshiping ceremony. Okay. Or like I just said, ceremonial and then ceremony. Like, wow. Yeah. <laughs> ceremonial ceremony. I mean, it doesn't get. This more movie has already twisted me up. More pompous <laughs> than that, really. I love the uh, the start of the movie as well because you meet this you meet this figure called the Guardian in in this giant human looking skull where he just kind of resides in it's like in just like the the mouth of it and you can already see this like instant connection between the main character who is zod the swamp witch uh and this guardian because he already knows through the connection that he's had with the bloom for what has probably been centuries now that Things have gone to absolute shit because of this flower already. Yeah, I mean, he's sitting in basically the corpse of a dead god as the bloom in front of him withers to nothing. Homegirl had to walk up a fucking mountain range in the snow butt-ass naked to get to him. Like a champ. And she didn't have... She didn't have the power of the bloom either. You know, like every single one of our grandparents. They walked... To school, in the snow, uphill, butt ass <laughs> naked, <laughs> both ways, butt ass naked both ways. <laughs> I meant uphill both ways, but like honestly, you just had to make it weird. <laughs> yeah. Yes, yes, of course. So that's what I meant too. <laughs> it's it's a little confusing how to like tell to talk about this movie because like I said when giving the short explanation, this is a series of vignettes that tell one overarching story. It's all about how Zod got to the top of the mountain with the Guardian and how her story leads to the fall of a tyrannical god emperor that is kind of a monster of her own creation. But this story happens throughout centuries. She even dies at the beginning. She is uh, a, like, just this, like, heretical swamp witch to these people this like bastion of civilization called the tower the like the city of pyre and she is brought in by some scummy petty lord (laughs) who is drunk 
Wouldn't you know it, the civilized folk are more savage than the savages. Oh, ho, ho, ho. Isn't that the way of it? But at the same time as she is being brought in, because her uh, her people have now been finally destroyed, and she is going to basically be tortured to death as a show of strength by the by the lord of the city, a scholar from what is known as the Pantheon of Ashburn comes to that city to. He's been sent because the lord wants someone to dictate and create a biography of the the growth of his city and the rise of the empire that will grow around it and it is one of those meetings of fate where you know well this is not gonna go well is it and guess what what we were totally wrong and the movie was over the scholar Eggman was like you can't kill her come on look at the cool sh- i've seen her do some cool ass shit lady Lady, show him the dope-ass shit you can do. And she's like, all right, I can show him some dope-ass shit. <laughs> she starts do, messing with the with the bloom, which we'll get into it much later, but this bloom is like an everything spell, man. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's a damn thing it can't do. It is intent made manifest. Yeah. And so she does the whole thing with the fires and the skulls and all that stuff, and Ratatouille Emperor right there is just like, that's some dope-ass shit. Hey, you were right. That's some dope-ass shit. She just goes, ah, pushes the fire into his face. He's got blue flames just singeing the shit out of his face. Like, it won't go out. Yeah, watching Patton Oswalt just kind of burn like that. I didn't feel bad for him. He was kind of a jerk. The character was a jerk. Not Patton. Patton, you're wonderful. Yeah, come on to the podcast, Patton. Waiting for you. <laughs> no, but seriously, uh, it starts off with this simple story. You know, the Lord has, wants to wipe them out, and now she's already gotten this revenge. And both her and the scholar are thrown in prison for this, and the scholar is freaking out. He doesn't want to die. Uh, we even get the little showing that he's got a knife uh, in the robes behind his back. He's terrified, totally in his last moments afraid of for his future while the swamp witch totally has already accepted death and is ready for anything that is going to happen to her until it turns out this petty lord after getting his face burned off just thinks you know tit for tat i'm just gonna burn her whole swamp down and man this lord he makes he makes two-face look gorgeous (laughs) his face is oh my god great you can see bits (laughs) of bone sticking out like everywhere you can see the fucking teeth. Some areas, there's not even any gums. He has, like, a fused lip now. Yeah. No eyelids. Even says, like, you gave me a face for my subjects to fear. It's like, oh my gosh, man, more than your subjects will fear that. A dog will be like, afraid of you. Like, with the distinct <coughs> lack of lips, I don't know how he makes a <laughs> puh sound. <laughs> but he does somehow. Oh, also, while they were in the jail cell, um... The scholar egg got uh, took an axe at one point while trying to defend the witch, so she's just able to just like get the leave, get the bloom, and like heal his wounds. Because like I said, it could do everything. Yeah. So if not only does it turn fire blue, show and show the future, just straight up heal wounds like ain't ain't no one's business. Every druid wishes. And then she sees her swamp uh, getting burned, so she uses that same bloom to blow up a wall. Yeah. 
Yeah, I was fucked up burning the whole swamp like that. That's not a nice thing to do. He's not a good fella. Yeah, how dare you do that? So she gets her revenge by then using, using this said mystical bloom to completely disintegrate a horse. Yeah, I was fucked up, man. <laughs> <laughs> he's like charging at her ready to strike and he sucks. Like, I don't think he would have hit her anyways because otherwise he would have by then. But she just fucking puts her hands on the horse and it just disintegrates. Goes from full horse to <clears throat> no horse very quickly. This bloom can legitimately do anything you need it to do if you know what you need to do if you know the ritual you know how to use it you can do anything which i think that which is really interesting i think this is going to be something that comes up later on about the bloom that i think is why um the god emperor uh scholar egghead is legitimately the dumbest person in this entire movie might be Um, definitely got his moments but lo and behold scholar egghead who protected her falls under the dark magic of the bloom realizing the power that is inherent in it kills her takes it leaves her to drown in the swamp that's right the main character of this story who is currently telling the story right now died let that sink in what did we do with emperor ratatouille did we also just drown him in the swamp Patton oswalt character yeah 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 he gets drowned in the swamp okay just he gets drowned in the swamp uh the scholar goes back to the pantheon and mongrel takes over as lord of pyre good for mongrel he was due yeah mongrel really deserved he was due for a promotion (laughs) (laughs) no mongrel was the one that even tells uh the like the petty lord just like oh my gosh while we were waiting for her while we were lying in wait to hunt down her people she was using these weird swamp magics that were beautiful to watch, thus enticing him to be like, well, let me see it, knowing she was going to do something. And just, like, doesn't even really deny it too harshly either. When he gets accused of it, he's like, no, that's not what I did. Yeah, that's true. I, I, I misspoke. I was saying that it was it was Scholar Egg that was like, yeah, she did some dope shit. No, it was Mongrel. That's, of, of course... His name is yeah. just Mongrel. Mongrel the eunuch. All right, well, I mean, some some people's parents love them, but I guess not Mongrel. Okay, sorry, his <laughs> full name is Mongrel the eunuch. <clears throat> okay. That's a, the, well, that's probably a title that came later. I'm like, if you're born with that, that's, <laughs> that's unfortunate. <laughs> that would be the strangest story to be reading on a medic, uh, medical journal. <laughs> <laughs> you called him what now? <laughs> uh, you know what you're the parents <laughs> so yeah main character's dead don't worry about it though because we're gonna go jump now probably about we're probably gonna jump a good 60 years in the future now really do we think it was that that much of a jump yeah garsul who is the scholar egghead i believe was probably around in his young uh 20s when we meet him i'd say he's probably either 70 or 80 by the time we see him again garsul is now an old man but we'll get to that because what this one is all about is so we we've been introduced to this concept of the pantheon which is this like 
group of scholars that protect the knowledge of mankind. I know this sounds familiar. All that nerd shit. All that nerd shit. But now they're a bunch of they're they're closing their doors. People are starving. No one's helping anyone. And the leader of the pantheon is just like worried about categorizing and archiving books. Like nothing is more like the lives of the people outside are not important. Only the knowledge of mankind. And they don't have to share that knowledge. They just have to protect that knowledge. That's his whole ideology. This fucking guy. What? What? <laughs> this, What's wrong this, with this guy? This fucking guy. He fucking... I, he, I, he gets off to these books, man. Like... Oh, the way... <laughs> he's got, like, his own little... He's got his own little, like, finger tongs for page flipping. Oh. And he just... He gets really overly excited when talking about like the knowledge yeah no imagine <laughs> of, like the old imagine tomes. putting on like a foot and a half long wooden like extra fingers attachments to like your pointer and middle finger on both hands and like you're walking around with those out like you're like some sort of really fucked up looking raptor. Just pointing to people and turning your pages slowly with them. Looking. <laughs> he fucking loves it, man. This this guy's this guy's jerking off to those books. I know it. And the tongs stay on, <laughs> ladies. The tongs stay Nobody on. Nobody wants to find a sticky book in the library. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, some goody-two-shoes-naive goody woman come in, comes in saying like, we should share the the knowledge with men, help them plant fields, and eat food that is good for them and is not poisoned. Like an idiot. <laughs> Fine, throw them one of the nutritional like pamphlets. But then it turns out the leader of the Pantheon has a nice little secret, and that our scholar Egghead, by the name of Garsul, is still alive. And is just chained up naked in the basement with the bloom hanging over his shoulders and two corpses right next to him. Yeah, that looks like they had their arms slit for draining blood. He was using their blood to tell the future. Yeah. Egg doesn't seem like he's in a good space right now. (laughs) Yeah, you could tell he's very frustrated with his incarceration. He feels like HR hasn't been taking his complaints seriously. Guys will literally drain blood to talk to the old gods rather than go to therapy. (laughs) And what's crazy is, like, this old guy that runs the Pantheon, who is definitely older than Garsul, would rather keep this guy chained up in the basement only because he knows that he's just going to go around killing people in the that are... And, like, to them, they're not, like... They're not hobbies. It's science, experiments, tools. Like, that is how this person already sees human life, and he's only had the bloom for, like, maybe 60 years. Oh, just that. It's only a life-changing magical herb that can do anything. What's 60 years? Yeah, man. Man, be weak. (laughs) It would take me at least, like, (laughs) 80. (laughs) Yeah, eight days, and I'm already evil. (laughs) <laughs> probably i i really do like this this little concept here for the vignette because i'm gonna be real someone who's in power like that the guy that runs the pantheon would definitely uh lock up the young upstart who's found ancient world changing reality shifting magic in a flower that he just came back from a swamp with after murdering 
a witch. Yeah, that shit's scary. And watching the lord of that city get drowned by swamp magic. Yeah, shit's scary. Who wouldn't lock that guy up? I know I would. <laughs> <laughs> so the so does the town survive this famine? Uh, shit's getting real bleak. I think it's like they're they're letting it like revolt and shit, but they won't. They won't even uh, when they even though they want to. I don't think they're fully committed because they're hot, tired and hungry. And they have no help. Um, There's no one to care for the people anymore. Yeah. And so I think our book enthusiast, <laughs> let's call it say that, <laughs> uh, he finds a tome that has like the some old incantations or spells or something on it that he gives to to scholar Egg. To let's say let's say he's upgraded to magician egg, <laughs> and yeah, he's just like here, you 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 grant me the power of the gods with this, and he's like, oh, I'm gonna need so much blood, buddy, <laughs> so much blood for this. So it's just like, it's like, how do I get the blood? So he puts a flower petal in his mouth, chews it up, spits out some gunk, throws it in the dude's hand, and he's just like. Take it. I don't care if it's magical. I don't need the weird, like, chud that you just, like, spit out. <laughs> Dude, just let me spit my half-chewed flower petal into your into your hand. Am I mistaken? Is that what that's called? Never mind. Let's not verify. I'm going to be terribly <laughs> wrong. It's going to be something, like, weird and racist, oddly enough. <laughs> All right, so... Uh, what happens after he spits that weird shit in his hand? For some reason, it disperses into like a fucking billion different particles into the city and just hypnotizes everybody into going into into going into the city and going into a blood rage. And let's let's yeah. be real, like the city is pretty. It's a pretty sizable city, and you're telling me this one flower petal <laughs> spit into this half-eaten gunk. It disintegrates into enough particles to fully like hypnotize these people. Like this is like the bloom can do what it wants. This is some fucked up crazy shit. So anyway, they get inside. The food stores are there. Everyone goes to shit, and then people start getting cut in half, and it gets really ultra violent. And I'm all for it. Yeah, it did get real fucked up, didn't it? Like we get people like fucking bisected, like hot dog style. Uh, Instead of hamburger style. Actually, we get both of them. It's pretty funny because we had people that were watching the movie with us uh, on Discord. And there were a few people that were just audibly just going like, oh, fuck. <laughs> What's going on here? Yeah. I felt so bad for people that would just like stop in in the movie halfway through. It's just like, ooh, you have no idea what's going on and we can't help you. It was funny because I think because of the rotoscoping, all the animation for like... There was no fast animation, so, like, whenever people are swinging weapons at each other, it doesn't look very fast. So, like, not only is it chopping people, it looks like it's chopping through people very slowly. Yeah, you get to see every little bit of it. <laughs> it's beautiful. Um, it's like gravity's doing the work, you know? And then the scholars show that they aren't just dumb nerds. They're also packing heat. They start just, like, swinging away at the villagers and shit. I almost said the village people. Yeah, no, there's this, like, blind villager who's, like, a prophet of doom who starts screaming for, like, blood and violence, and you just see this guy chuck a sword straight through the middle of him, and then as, like, he's, like, laughing and holding the sword on his knees, the guy just walks up nonchalant and just, like, 
bisects him completely. Just yeah, it's total vertical bisection. Hot dog style. Uh. <laughs> Hot dog, not hamburger. Uh, yeah, yeah, feels right. I'm doing weird movements that no one can see. You're just doing really air chops. No one can see. <laughs> Dude, I'm actually chops. doing air chops right now. <laughs> For uh, Tucker's sake, Stop you might want to ex- knowing me now. For uh, Tucker's sake, you might want to explain what hamburger I style is. I don't want to, for anyone's sake. You gotta either no. just use your context clues, <laughs> or you're just gonna have to wing it. Just what? What do you think it means? And then just roll with that idea. <laughs> if you know, if you know, and if you don't, fucking sorry, man. Figure it out, bro. <laughs> Get your life together. All right. Uh, yeah, that's the status of our life being together. So then. We got a, we got like a, just a bunch of blood just rising into like a ball shape and going down into the pits past Skeleton Terry, who's just chained up there. We forgot to mention Skeleton Terry. Yeah, don't you have it? Don't, doesn't everybody have a skeleton just chained inside the wall of their basement for all to see? I don't have a basement. I live in Texas. <laughs> yeah, I don't have a basement either. We don't get basements. If I did, I would totally put a skeleton in there and name him Terry. <laughs> Is it in your attic? Uh, Is Terry in your Or do you name it something different if it's in your attic? Yeah, you got to have a different standards for your attic skeleton than your basement skeleton. Please, sir. I got it. So the attic's name is Jerry. I don't know. I haven't decided yet. But <laughs> uh. he's, he's starting to smell, so we got to do something about it. Um, <laughs> yeah, this so, yeah. heat has not been good for us. <laughs> no, it hasn't. The blood just kind of... Pulls into a ball. Hey, man, there's nothing wrong with a blood cloud in the middle of a city where no one knows what's going on. I mean, it it might not be something wrong, but something about it feels problematic. (laughs) (laughs) Like, we should maybe do something about this. Like it's when it's like when someone says like a nonsense where you're like I don't think that's a slur but it feels wrong to hear you say it. <laughs> Still, that's what this blood balls vibe is giving. <laughs> like maybe something, something about this doesn't feel right, guys. Yeah, I don't think there right. should be this much blood. It's just mystic. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with just you know a little bit of blood in the air. I think. Does egg just absorb all of this blood? Well, first it like encompasses him like a uh, a flower ready to bloom, and then when the uh, leader of the pantheon puts his hand on one of the petals, it blooms into a blood flower that's gross, and then <clears throat> he stands up in it, bright blue eyes, a cacophony of voices making one voice. And then his stomach and chest burst open into an all-seeing blue eye in which the cosmos stares back and you see into the center of it all and you realize the truth of it and with it comes the power and the hopelessness and the ability to believe in just whatever the fuck you want. Oh, I just saw an eyeball. Oh, sorry. Am I putting my own thing in it? (laughs) Maybe. I don't know. Grow with it. It sounds right. (laughs) Uh, and then we get our book enthusiast who's there to just keep calling him that because I don't remember his name <laughs> goes to go get his powers he's like hey egg you promised me powers egg and he's like fine and he opens up his weird stomach eyeball to him shoots him full of power and I gotta say as much fun as I'm making fun of this um, this scene's pretty fucking cool like the music is like haunting and eerie. Yeah, a little bit of synth in there. And then, like, fucking our bookman is just like 
creepy confident and he just like walks out and as armies are coming at him he's swinging his little like book tongs and they're creating slashes in the air that are just ripping these guys apart it's pretty crazy because he just kind of turns into darth sidious yeah and then he turns into like one of the god skins from elden ring where he becomes long book enthusiast (laughs) (laughs) yeah just grow but remember he's not even growing it's just He's apparently like floating up to the like the top, but his robe grows with him because when he gets back there, like the rope just vanishes and he's just standing there on his regular legs. Wouldn't that be fun? Because like the robes kind of just disintegrated in place to like be as big as they were before. It wouldn't have been so funny mm-hmm. if it disintegrated too much and he's like on the rooftop with her, just free wanging it, and he's got like his all that's left of his robe is like a crop top. <laughs> <laughs> but he's a god, so he has no shame anymore. He just doesn't I would have loved that, man. <laughs> I thought that would have been a great addition for the character. Just free Wangus and crop top, the way gods intended. Well, it's implied that um, before going out and, like, dealing with the crowd, he actually, like, killed everyone in the library first. Like, all of the other leaders of the library and then he came and dealt with the peasants and the rest of the guard and then kidnapped the like main character of this vignette he talks about how he doesn't need room for such weak-minded individuals in a new order he's going to craft much like those who were in the past order okay that's why no one runs out of the pantheon yeah uh, like he's the only one that walks out. We confront our main main protagonist of the vignette, and she's got that like main character gumption, man. Like she's going like full like hero mode, where she's just like not a wing and a prayer against this guy who can just force lightning, pick her up, and toss her. But she just gets back up, goes at him with her little like sword or knife or whatever she's got. But then it turns out our good friend, the scholar, or I guess the magician egg. Uh, has some tricks up his sleeve because as it looks like he's still as he's dead after that uh, massive ceremony he did he starts chanting and then an eye fucking erupts in the sky breaking the sky apart yeah that's fucked up the power that was given to this old man is sucked back within it he bursts into flames and magic egg comes back as young as we first meet him and what does he graduate to at this point i think this is when he begins his journey to becoming emperor egg this is the start of emperor egg grand magician emperor egg i don't know and the first thing this scholar does after amassing power and becoming the leader of this pantheon is burn every single book in the pantheon did the lady survive? She does, and she finds some scholars that survived, and yeah. they, they're able to run, but you don't know what really happens to her. I think it's supposed to imply yeah. that like she helped find, uh, found the uh, Empire in the last vignette that helps take down uh, the god yeah, that emperors. Kind of, the kind of resistance kingdom. thing that they were yeah. doing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I don't know where that implied that, but okay, I like that canon. She was cool. Because it had the same uh, kind of governmental structure in terms of, like, it was, like, a council. Yeah. That were wearing ceremonial robes. Yeah. 
Yeah. It's a weird, wacky world. Not everything needs to be explained. That's fine. Yeah. It's really interesting because at this part of the story, though, the guardian that the Swamp Witch is talking to... I know, this movie jumps around a lot. I'm really sorry, guys. Like, is freaking out because he totally blames himself at this point because he knows, like, deep down, this is partially his fault to... Like, he, this is his burden to bear. Yet he stayed on the mountain like a coward. Stayed. Stayed like a coward. Anyway, so uh, Emperor Egg is um, a super reasonable guy. Goes around and he goes through conquest just through negotiation. And um, it's through a series of accidents that he kind of finally falls apart. But he's a he's an overall swell guy. Who hurt you? <laughs> Why are you insist on being wrong all the time? I don't know, man. I think society hurt me. <laughs> no, dude. Emperor Egg's a dick. Everybody hates him. He sucks. He's like on this like fucking bed of stone yeah. with a bunch of yeah, naked a... slaves carrying him. Yeah, it's like the most heavy bullshit throne he could have had. Like it's not one of those things where it's just a chair and some like sticks to like hold his chair up to put him above everyone. He's got a fucking monolith like fucking stone pyramid which he sits on yeah and of course he's just like he's a mortal and can't be killed instantly regenerates has a conquesting army of undead soldiers that he just constantly brings back to life using the blood of his citizens god he is such a dick uh is it is it yeah what a joke. What a fucking chode, man. <laughs> and here I thought uh, we met some terrible people, you know? We sat through every single John Travolta movie. We, have, we we went through, like, some evil fucking people in some of these movies. But this dude's a chode. Yeah. Real, real shit-giving energy. Um, <laughs> is it here with this other couple getting high that we get the backstory of the gods? Or I think that's... That's later, with, uh, but I do witch. I do want to talk about Gull and Day. Uh, so like yeah, we get this like brief moment where Emperor Egg like fully decimates this uh, peaceful city. Like basically none are left alive except when the uh, when the army leaves, uh, a part of the bloom gets like torn off the emperor's shawl and is left mm. at this like burned out village where two people have survived yeah. two lovers goal and day and they go around like looking for uh food and a potential place to stay and they light a fire and he gives the fl- uh goal gives day the flower and tells her uh this is all i could find and she makes a joke that it can light up their hearth and she burns the flower, thus erupting in, like, blue flame. And you see it instantly takes them. Like, their eyes fully dilate. They breathe in deeply. And then we just get a, a very interesting five-minute dialogue about the stars. And how the stars are just, could be just potential other campfires in the sky of other travelers from the universe looking into the skies of others and wondering else what they see. Do they see what they see? Are we just another campfire in the sky to them? I've also been high before, man. (laughs) Talking about, like, their place in the universe, like how small things actually seem to be. And it, it ends with 
three of the soldiers coming back because obviously the emperor feels the power of the bloom she uh day asks like should we run and gull looks at like looks around real quick's like no there's nowhere to go oh but this life is fleeting but short sad moments i am happy i have spent most of these moments in love with you and she talks about let us and like embracing in these final moments of life and he looks up at the sky and he's just like, oh, to those campfires, I wonder what we see or what we seem to be. And then they die. And like, I'm just sitting here like we have some people that have been to- like there are people that were watching it with us and they were kind of talking during it and everything. Well, I'm over here kind of having a little bit of a weird fucking crisis. Just like, OK, we just went from a really hyper violent conquest to just like two super high individuals having like a very deep existential but with a slight tinge of sad hope at the end mm-hmm. of it that fucking is just like unraveling my night <laughs> oh i was just there just been like i have also been so high that i'm like man that seems dangerous i should do something about it nah. it's the life we're dealt man <laughs> I can't do anything I can't. about it. It's my fool. My... <laughs> like, you imagine they're not on the same page. Just like, should we run? She's like, hey, it's a short, fleeting life. I'm just glad I get to spin here. I'm like, bitch, like, I ain't there yet. <laughs> oh, well, that's you. We, we gotta go. <laughs> hey, you do what's good for you, man. I'm good here. He's just like, oh, fine. All right. <laughs> Book you, day. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I'm just like, I've also sat there looking. I was like, hmm, that could start a fire. It's not on me. <laughs> Nothing I could do about That's it. That's just destiny, man. That's fate. <clears throat> yeah. Whatever you want to so, call it. Yeah, I wasn't having... So I just like how that was my thought. You're over here having an existential crisis. <laughs> not like an existential crisis, like, in terms of I was thinking about what they were thinking. Like, oh, man, they were so true. That it was just like, this scene legitimately came out of nowhere. Like, we, we have been, like, throughout the story, like, you're getting moments with, like, the main character, Zod, and the Guardian, and they're kind of talking about, like, points like this, but this just five-minute waking life sequence is just, yeah, yeah, yeah. again, showing it's... that, like, the power of this flower is just intent, and in the moments where, like, these people are lost, hopeless, and have no idea what to do, and are just looking for answers... That's what it gave Maybe it. it's just that we had just done a thing on the Animatrix already, but this had the vibes of, like, this couple's story was a tale told in this world that has this grand overarching adventure of things that are happening that are well beyond their pale, but they're just a singular moment that happens to be involved in it. And it's at this point, though, where the Guardian tells us the history of the world. Like, what happened, and where the bloom comes from, and what the bloom really is. There was a neato sequence, too, with, like, stars and nebulas and shit. It was beautiful. Like, the idea that... Also, humanity looks scary. Humanity's terrifying. Like, light and dark mixing together to form the death of a cosmic being being thrust, and the body of it being thrust into space, uh, and with its remnants thus becoming light and dark at the same time giving its final uh, moments to birth the new sons, the new gods of this world that we have now Mm. come to watch in the spine of night. And these gods who had the power to do anything, one of them dreams up mankind. And in that moment, mankind takes their first uh, breath 
and understands true fear. And then... Like little shitty children who want to get mummy's attention. They're just like, mummy, gods, note at us, please. And not only did they had a great line. I don't remember the specifics that it said, but it's like not only were they unconcerned or uncaring, they were cruel. Oh, well, yeah, because it goes after that, the gods imagined rain, which brought the floods. And in the moments uh, of death, this is when mankind understood loss. And in their time of grief, they went to their originator, the god that dreamed them, asking for their loved ones to be back, to be returned. And in that moment, that is when they learned their final lesson, that gods were not only uncaring, but also cruel. So what do yeah. what does man do? You shoot God in the face if personas anything to go by. And that's what they do. With their, with their weapons, they decide to kill their gods. And one lead, the first king of man, the seer, leads them on an epic hunt to kill all of the gods of this planet, leaving the last one to be the one that dreamed mankind in existence, thus finally ending the reign of gods alike and a kingdom of man that only lasted one year before war broke out. But the interesting thing what happened was one of the members of the seer's army stayed behind and watched the corpse of the god that birthed them in a moment of what could have been sympathy for who their creator was and we see that the giant skull the guardian resides in is the skull of that god and the bloom was the flower that grew inside of its open mouth almost like the vertebrae of the spine just creating these different flowers or like these multiple flowers and that one human who found it realized after using the bloom and taking it in that this that they are just the sons of gods who are the sons of gods who are the sons of gods the sons of gods the sons of gods and so we took to space to stab <laughs> even more gods in each the eye. god being a god of death and that truly there is no point to the existence of anyone in this universe, in this story's universe, that it is just nothing. And so this man gives humanity its first real gift, and that is ignorance, and decides to protect the bloom for as long as they can until the next guardian is a appears, learns the truth, and protects the bloom from entering the hands of mankind. No matter how hopeless mankind is, no matter how broken they are when they come looking for it, this guardian will slaughter anyone who comes after the bloom, thus making sure this terrible truth cannot get out. Yeah, what he said. Sorry, dude, I fucking love lore building, like world building like that. I love lore like that. I said um, when we saw it, I was like, yeah. Oh, as we were watching it on Discord, I said, yeah, as much of, like, an atheist and nihilist I am, I'm pretty sure I would lose my goddamn mind and probably start killing everyone and myself if I had that ultimate, like, knowledge of the futility <laughs> of life and the endless stream of death and gods. And that's what the Guardian does. They just go kill everyone, you know. Sounds pretty metal to say that humanity is just the sons of the gods of death. 
That makes us sound pretty fucking metal. <laughs> yeah. We're just the dream, actually. We're just the dream of the gods yeah. of death. Yeah. Yeah. And that sounds cool. Can't wait for that album cover. So now we get to, like, the final vignette, which leads <clears throat> to the end of this movie. And this is this is it. It is, like, not even been probably a couple weeks since, like... I get, let me start over. The god Emperor Egg has now been around for hundreds of years with this terrible empire that has taken over most of the world. I was going to switch off and call him Grand Chode Egg. <laughs> Grand yeah, Chode Egg. Fucking jerk off Egg. Has now also uh, developed Zeppelins, the total fucking jerk off. Yeah, yeah, I was fucked up. It's like these people are mounting resistance and they got these cool like flying capes and they're wearing like these bird masks. But like a fucking like Fire Nation Zeppelin comes in and just starts yeeting them all with fire. That seems fucked up. That's that's cheating <laughs> in war. Yeah, they're all just like, what the fuck? This is some bullshit. Yeah, apparently Grand Emperor Chodeg like fucking has science galore. It's like controlled by like an orb and they've got like a big old fucking like smelter in the middle of it to power it, I guess. Yeah. It's like all kinds of bullshit. Okay, yeah, it is some bullshit. It is some bullshit. I don't understand how this orb technology works, but the lady picks it up fast enough, so hey, that's cool. You just kind of like, you gotta feel it right, you know? Just put your hands on it right. Just move around on it. I guess if you've, if you've orbed once, you, you can orb anything. I don't know. <laughs> you can orb it all. Yeah. So these three fucking bird people... Which, they're really humans that have, like, these weird, crude, like, flight suits. Um, that, with names like Falcon Hawk, Sparrow Crow, and Kestel Wren. Are you um, real? That was I am names? totally serious. Those are their three names, yeah. Fucking nerds. <laughs> <laughs> they lead a desperate suicide mission that somehow fucking works. I don't know how this fucking thing works, but they are able to steal a Zeppelin... That no one, they've never driven before. No one's ever seen the inside of this thing before. They pull it off, crash this Zeppelin suicide mission style into the church of Grand Chode Egg, uh, thus exploding him with all of his supply of the bloom. But the most interesting part is when the final one dies, which I believe is Kestel Wren, a part of the bloom survives with her mask and floats down the city of the emperor back to the swamp where it then infuses with the body like the corpse of the swamp witch and brings her back to life in a series of flesh petals that's indicating she's not gonna last very long it's cool as hell to watch but also how bloom can do what it wants <laughs> i guess like is the bloom sentient as well Oh, it's the flower from the throat of a dead god. Why not? Uh, she, <clears throat> in her storytelling, so. she states that her spirit was with the bloom, traveling through it this whole time. Like she dreamed with the bloom. That's true. So I think her sentience followed the bloom. And also, I guess that also makes sense because when we have the big showdown of like Swamp Witch and Egg, um,. She is able to summon the past spirits of the bloom. Every guardian. So it's almost like 
she was destined to be a guardian before, and then every one of their spirits just carry on with it. Well, actually, she tells the guardian, uh, the current guardian, when she goes up there, I have come to end your long vigil. I have come to end the long night. Yeah, see? Uh, and it's so insane. We get, like, yeah, she summons the god emperor to the top of the mountain, and he's he's a little surprised that she's alive and says, like, of the centuries and the millions of lives I have, uh, of faces I've forgotten that I've killed, I've never forgotten your face. That's sweet. Yeah. That's, that's a nice thing you said, Egg. <laughs> and that I killed you, f- or it's like, once again, you have the bloom, and once again, I'm just going to kill you for it. And then, yeah, she summons every past guardian. They come kill all of his guards, grab all of his limbs, She's cut also- him in half, and hold him in half so he can't regenerate. And it's dope as hell. Yeah, they they did show that like when they chopped off his arm, like he's so infused with the bloom, it just grows back right away. Oh, and a cool sequence where he like kind of just whips it. And, like, blue light just erupts out of it in, like, this weird fucking uh, motion and then just forms, like, the bone, flesh, and then fingers real quick. And it was so clean. It was so good. Uh, sorry. Sorry. I get really excited about movies like this. It's all good. Um, I know we made a couple <laughs> jokes of uh, this, this, this movie is, like, very Dark Souls-ish. And kind of is. I think I made it, already made a reference to Elden Ring. But like, uh, yeah, like it just like any one of these vignettes feels like it could have been like the backstory lore to like a Dark Souls like. Like you never got the full story, but enough pieces of it to where you could maybe put together the whole world. Yeah, and like any one of these stories, like the story of like the scholars who like went mad with blood magic and then it cost them all their lives and now they're all dead there, or like you know the greedy like emperor who like tried to kill or who killed off an entire like race of swamp people and only to have his kingdom also taken by you know all that sounds like a dark souls like area i'm describing even the names of the city like there was like pyre ashburn uh like uh even the the god king emperor's name was Garsul. Egg. I mean, yeah, egg. his name would be Garsul, but like you'll get like the fuck, you'll beat him and you'll get a helmet that's called like the egg armor or egg helmet. And you're like, what's up with this? And he gives you the backstory about everyone just dunking on his bald head. And this guy was a total dick, and the only thing funny about him was he was bald. Uh, and, uh,. Uh, not to talk about video games too much, but another game this reminded me of was like Eternal Darkness. In that, like, it's one of those things where it's like it spans centuries and generations of like a family. This doesn't go that long, but like, mm-hmm. it's like all the old gods like kind of in an ever-present fight against each other, and then like, yeah, you're just generations of a family as well as some random ass strangers who's like, I didn't want this. I don't care about being the chosen one to like be part of the cog that stops the gods what the fuck uh, just yeah <laughs> just generations of people having to go through sacrifice and all this stuff to lead into the like the final confrontation against the gods uh, so it had that kind of it's just kind of a, a story where life in this world is almost pointless except for the bloom at the end of it it's like implied that the bloom is gone but not gone at the same time yeah it looks like it go- <coughs> It looks like it goes off into, like, spores. It's just going to keep repeating the same cycle of destruction. 
until humanity gives birth to its next race, which will then destroy humanity, thus giving birth to the next sons of God and God of death. Yeah, well, fuck those kids. They don't know what's going on. <laughs> they don't get it. <laughs> they weren't there. With their fucking new age pop music. <laughs> so interesting enough, man, I found out that this is actually the sequel to a eight minute YouTube video from like eight years ago. And we're gonna play it for you right now, folks. <laughs> the 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 short's called Exordium, and it is actually about the Guardian from the movie. And his fight against the immortal guardian he took down. And it leads me back to the question of if Garsul is an idiot. Because Garsul is someone who like he, he gets the bloom and then gets locked away in a basement for decades. Yeah. Blood crimes. So, and you can argue that the Swamp Witch at least had time and at least someone probably taught them how to use it before them and all that stuff, right? Well. That and they didn't seem to disrespect the power of the bloom. That too. Exordium, we see that uh, what's happening is the world is at war. There are two uh, empires that are at head with each other, and it is hit its breaking point. The main character is with an army to go seize a power that could hopefully save the world, because there are rumors of the bloom. And they end up taking on this immortal guardian who, like, decimates most of this army until finally dying to the main character. And it's a pretty epic fight, like... He stabs his sword through, like, the main character's leg. The main character goes into a rage and just, like, starts hacking off the limb, like, the arm of the guardian, and then straight into the side, black blood just starts pouring everywhere. And when he pulls off the mask of the guardian, he realizes the guardian's, like, half dead to begin with. It is, like, almost a corpse that has just been kept alive this whole time with no pupils and just blue eyes. And he finds Mm. the bloom and takes it in and in that sequence too he actually breathes out on the bloom thus releasing spores into the air that go into the swamp of Belasta, creating the spores that the or the bloom that the swamp witch will encounter but in that moment he not only takes in the bloom has a vision quest he starts messing with the sky itself making it day then night then day, then night, then just repeating the process over and over, waving his arms, thus shaping time itself in this world until he slams his hands together and both the sun and the moon are in the same spot at once in the sky with like the stars out, but light out and clouds and you cannot tell if it is night or day. And then he, like, reaches in and sees into the universe and clenches his fist even farther for more power. And it it erupts into a sequence where you see him in this, like, ethereal body made of stars fighting a woman in the same, like, ethereal body like his who kills him as easily as he just killed the Guardian. And then everything stops for him. And in that moment, he just breaks and cries and realizes how pointless power is how pointless this bloom can be for humanity that it will do nothing but bring ruin and then puts on the helmet of the guardian and thus we go into spine of night afterwards 
Yeah. It's fucking crazy, man. Like, I, it's a passion project. This is all just a passion project. Morgan Galen King is the only one who's been working on this since Exordium. And for eight years, he just, like, poured everything he could into this. And I fully respect him for what he came out with. Yeah, it's pretty rad, man. Do you have anything else you want to add to it? Oh, to it being rad? Um, Out of the movie, anything else? Uh, as much as I like dunking on Emperor Egg, um, I don't know about it being because he's dumb. I think at this point it does kind of seem like the Bloom has its own, it ha- does have its own will and does seem to want to perpetuate the cycle. So I think even if he tried to breathe out spores, I don't know that the Bloom would have ever allowed it. Or if it did, it would have, I guess it would have just caused troubles anyway. I guess the reason I think he... I guess maybe not dumb is the best word, or just close-minded, because yeah, he's very short-sighted. He's so it's... short-sighted that like he gets locked away in a basement, even with this whole like shawl of it. While this guy, mm-hmm. this one guy who just fought to the death with an immortal guardian, has one of the flowers, even though he has the bed with it, just has one of the flowers, and just reshapes time for a little bit. Yeah, okay. Egg, egg might be a little missing on the imagination department. He might be. Like, he might be. He, and he's just like, this. I need these rituals and everything. I don't think he ever needed them. Like, I don't think the bloom requires you to, like, know these rituals and languages. I think it really is just a sense of, like, intent. And if you have, like, the open mind to be able to imagine what you want. Like when you're Green Lantern and you're like, oh, I could imagine anything to make manifest this power. How about a gun? <laughs> I mean, he kind of does that. I know, that's what I'm saying. It's it's a lack of creativity, <laughs> Hal. <laughs> Come on. Yeah, well, we know Hal's no Jon Stewart. <laughs> So, Kaz? Yeah, what's up? <clears throat> Did you like it? Yeah, it was pretty rad. By the end of it, I was like, all right, well, we don't have to worry about that being another King Arthur. That was cool. That was pretty neat. Squaring. Yeah, sick boy. It's me. I'm sick boy. Na, 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 na. <laughs> yes, I'm a sick boy. <laughs> Away, yo. I don't know if anyone knows this song. Uh, Did you like it? <laughs> Yeah, I really did. This is, it fully felt like a passion project that someone actually put a lot of time into. They wanted to pay homage to works like Heavy Metal, uh, The Lord of the Rings from 1978, and Fire and Ice, you know, and I think it does. I think it really did its best with a limited amount of people. Like, there weren't a lot of people to work on this movie. That's why it took seven years to put together <laughs> every single person who was rotoscope was one person i enjoy it i really do and i hope this movie will get a lot more recognition in the future so other filmmakers will be interested in really exploring what you can do with rotoscope yeah i, I didn't even think i think even for me the thing that stood out for it wasn't so much the rotoscope part of it um i just think the person this person clearly had like an idea for a world and made it and it was pretty rad yeah i fully agree so sick boy got anything to plug <clears throat> we usually film these live on fridays at twitch.tv forward slash second respawn that's whenever nan's not feeling like or when he feels he can 
bother to set up the stream. If not, then yeah, see it on Spotify or whatever shit you listen to. Uh, uh, the second respawn, just switch thingy. We do games. We play games. That's what we do. This is the sick boy synopsis. And join here by Sir Square and twitch.tv for Sir Square. And that's Sir S Q U A R I N. And he also does games. I think he does games. I don't know. I think he watches weird British shows and no one, everyone feels awkward. And they don't want to tell him. Uh, <laughs> that's about it. <laughs> There's your sick boy outro to d- plug shit. I kind of want you to plug Tucker now. <laughs> and we got Jem, or as he likes to go by, Tucker wins. I don't know the full name of the the Twitch slash whatever else his socials are. Twitch.tv forward slash Tucker underscore wins. You can follow him at Twitter at Tucker wins. There you go. He does editing. He does music. Uh, he's probably got great teeth. Hygiene, that boy. Real good at it. Um, yeah, this is, I don't know. All right, and to uh, end Summer of Animation next month, uh, Tucker himself will be joining us for the 25th anniversary. With his glorious <laughs> teeth. glorious teeth. To kick, to celebrate the 25th anniversary of Princess Mononoke, thus ending our Summer of Animation. Unless we lie to you again. Ooh. Unless we lied to you again, <laughs> I mean we we might have done that. And you know this this podcast does come out recorded every week on Spotify, Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher. So if you like it, feel free to share it. You know, let other people hear it. Maybe they'll like it. I don't know. Probably not. I can't. I can't. Yeah. I can't lie to you. Share it to all your buds. Share it on social media. And call us out for being liars. Yeah. Fuck. Hold us accountable. Keep us honest. That's what we want to tell a bunch of strangers on the internet. Hold us accountable. So my final thoughts are, uh, bring back dark fantasy, people. Where's my next Conan film? Let's do Conan again. You guys remember that? You guys remember Conan? I thought you were going to say Coneheads. I was like, why do we want an animated Coneheads? <laughs> Don't fucking tempt me with a good time. <laughs> <laughs> all right i'm a sick boy <laughs> all right let's end this <laughs> you're a sick boy we're all sick boys <laughs> <laughs> nah, 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 nah. <laughs> nah, nah. <laughs>